0: Hallelujah, God. Good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you one more time for joining us as we prepare to worship our God through the preaching of his word. And as this is the first Sunday of October, we also will prepare ourselves to celebrate uh, communion, the Eucharist together after the message. And so um, if you have your bread your cup with you you can have it ready so we can break bread together and drink together uh, as we do so in remembrance until the coming and returning of our lord and savior Jesus Christ as we prepare to open up in our time of reading the scripture and worship through the preaching of the word we also continue to pray for our community and our country as the pandemic is impacting us so much tragedy and, and and social justice of seeking uh, that we just continue to search our our hearts and come before our Lord and ask him to guide us and direct us into his presence uh, that we can see the change that we desire to see by being the vessels for his spirit, uh, for his power, and his love. And with that, that's our thought we're going to be spending some time on right now is love. How we are maybe running on empty and we need to fill up on love. And so we're going to talk about love and talk about today, forgiveness brings in love. And so we're going to talk about how to make room for love. And so let us end ourselves and forget about ourselves and concentrate on him and have a moment of prayer. Mighty Father, Lord, we come just thanking you that you are God alone. You bless us one more time to wake up this morning. And Father, we ask for you to guide us into your presence as prepared to hear your word father lord as we are trying to think about you we cast our concerns our cares upon you For we have so many dealing suffering from uh, covid 19 we have so many dealing with uh, blood pressure and, and high blood pressure cancer hypertension and so we just ask for healing and strength for so many of our brothers and sisters who are suffering and dealing with treatment and, and procedures and illnesses our father we ask you to Bless us, Lord, who are dealing with some social and emotional, psychological issues of God. Help give us peace and comfort as we forget about ourselves and concentrate on you, that you will keep us in perfect peace as we keep our minds stayed on you. And Father, Lord, we ask that we might see Jesus through the preaching of your word, that we will also have your word hidden in our heart, that we might not sin against you, Father, Lord, we ask you to have thine always way here in this place, in our heart, in this space, we pray, amen. As we open up our Bibles, I ask you if you can open up to uh, the gospel according to Luke, would we'll be in the seventh chapter, looking at verses 36 uh, to 50. And we're gonna talk about forgiveness uh, brings room for love. And wanna talk about how forgiveness and love in a subject matter, but also want to deal with how uh, we want to talk about how we ought to be thankful. And thank you in English is such a nice word. We teach this word to our children to say thank you when they receive something. Uh, we appreciate this same word when someone might say to us in response. And it's also a kind gesture uh, to help to tell somebody that you receive something or grateful for what you have received. The negative experience is when one does not feel appreciated and does not hear thank you after doing something. Uh, We see this in workplaces, how some people leave their job just simply for they feel unappreciated. They feel that they are not gratified in the work. They feel that people don't appreciate them because of the lack of hearing. Thank you. These two words uh, can change the atmosphere of so many things. How someone gives you something, you just look at them and you don't say anything back to them. Compared to someone who gives you something, in return, you say thank you. Research showed that people who are more grateful have better heart health and more disease fighting cells in their bodies. That's interesting. They showed that a better well being, a less depressed mood, less fatigue, and they slept better, said the study author Paul J. Mills. When I am more grateful, I feel more connected with myself with and with my environment. That's the opposite of what stress does. Another study found that gratitude can boost your immune system. Hmm. Researchers at the universities of Utah and Kentucky observed that stressed out law students who characterized themselves as optimistic actually had more disease fighting cells in their bodies. And so think about the positivity and the optimism of just saying thank you and having a heart of gratitude and a heart of appreciation. These studies are telling you that your body feels better. You're, you're producing more fighting cells and you're healthier. And so just thinking about just being happy, just being nice, removes stress from your life. And so think about how in this time of life that we're living, that we need love, we need kindness, we need acts. Of love, and one act of love is gratefulness, is thankfulness. And God has shown us how His love brings us to forgiveness. Uh, We should turn to choose to show love, and just when a person forgives you and they express His love in return is a way of saying thank you. I want to highlight this because in the Bible, we really don't see the word thank you translated, but thank you is understood by one's loving action. And so when someone forgives you in our English vernacular, we say thank you. But one way to show thank you is to show love to the person who has forgiven you. We teach to say thank you to someone when they give you something and forgiveness is something that is given to you. The Bible teaches us to love people who forgive us as a way to show gratitude. When someone gives you something or does something for you, we can show our appreciation by saying thank you or by showing love. But let's break this down. I want to talk about Thanksgiving as our response to forgiveness. And so first let's talk about forgiveness. So first, Forgiveness is a gift. I want to highlight again when someone gives you something that's a gift and a proper response to when someone gives you something is thank you or to show love. Forgiveness is a free gift to and and it's a blessing when someone can remove pain and guilt or injury or death from someone that has been caused. To pardon someone to remove this is definitely a gift. Forgiven makes room for love. Being unforgiven blocks hate, blocks animosity, blocks all this resentment that is there. And it opens up a person to then now to express love instead of holding on to all these other emotions. But forgiveness is the key to make room for love. And so if there are roadblocks of hurt, of pain and shame hindering you, I want to encourage you that forgiveness is the key. It's going to unlock and release some of these issues and situations. If you're unable to forgive someone for hurting you and, and and hurting you in your church, in your community, in your relationship, I want to encourage you right now that you don't need to wait on them. You can go ahead right now and forgive them and let it go. Being forgiven in this world does not mean in this in this world we often think it takes two to forgive. But I want to encourage you that you don't need the other party to go ahead to forgive them. One person can make the difference. And so you don't need another perspective. You don't need another person. You can just simply say, I forgive you. Forgiveness takes one person. And so what is the answer to solve these problems? The answer is to forgive. Forgiveness is free. To truly appreciate this grace, this gift, to know what it means to be forgiven and to know what it is to forgive, We know this through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, how he demonstrates us, how he freely forgives us and how do we thank him by loving him and serving him. Being forgiven leads to love and we need more love. Therefore, we need more grace and more mercy. We need more forgiveness. And so I want us to talk about today to learn to love is the right expression of gratitude towards our loving and forgiving God who shows us how to also forgive one another in love. On the highlight again, we're going to talk about love, and one part of love is forgiving. Forgiving is an action of love, and then love is also a response of forgiveness. And think about the beautiful cycle of loving and forgiving someone—how it brings healing and restoration and relationships—and how much that will impact our community if we can continue to demonstrate that kind of love, reception of forgiveness as well. And so in our Bible today, today's text will look at two people interacting with Jesus who are learning about the power of love and being forgiven. We have a Pharisee also known as the religious leaders and the politicians of their time and maybe our modern day leaders of our church and our mayors or city officials and community leaders. And then we have a immoral woman, a sinful woman who's known for doing something that's contrary to the moral and the ethics of our community, so it's well-known of her character and her conduct is not acceptable. She's kind of the one that you might be been talking about somebody, say that's the kind of person you don't want to be seen around with in public or you don't want to be talking to this person. She reaches this label in this time, in this text, in this community, and so it's understood that pretty much as any church right, how we ought to be careful that we are not judging people and discriminating against them and making it harder for them to come within the church, when we should be a forgiving, loving community of people. And so we need to remove this kind of condemnation and judgment nation. And so let's look at our text today. New Living Translation reads this way. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from the city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know that the what kind of woman is touching him sees a sinner. First, I want to highlight how. At least this Pharisee has something right in inviting Jesus into his house. Uh, One thing we find out about invitation is that Jesus welcomes the broken. He welcomes the indebted. He finds beauty in the broken and the hurting. He, He is boldly welcoming those who have guilt, who has shame, who has hardships to come into his presence. In contrast, the Pharisee. Wants prestige and prestige, and he wants persuasion and influence. And Jesus is popular at this time. He invites him into his house. But notice that he is judging Jesus by allowing the woman to touch his feet. Again, the two people interacting with Jesus one is identified as a sinner uh, who is an immoral person, uh, who is, has a notorious characteristic known within its community. She is known by her sinful life, yet in her shame and her guilt, she humbly comes to Jesus's presence and is able to be at his feet. When I picture to you that Jesus in this time is reclining at the table. So he's laying on his side, laying on the elbow with one arm able to feed himself. And his feet are going away from the table, overlaying the, the chair. And oh, the woman then has access uh, to his feet because it's freely there. And you can see how she must be kneeling down in a close, in a close connection in, in, in the area of the feet that her tears are able to fall upon his feet. And then she takes down her hair and is able to wipe his feet. And it says that she has an alabaster perfume with her. She views herself in a place of brokenness, in a place of hardship, but also in a place of understanding a need of indebtedness and a need of forgiveness of grace and mercy. So she comes humbly. She comes openly. She comes unabashedly. But the other one seeking influence and status, has invited Jesus, but he did not welcome the immoral woman. He is in a high position and he looks low on others. He sees himself to be righteous and he judges others who are not righteous. So Jesus is taking this opportunity to help educate this man, not only who Jesus is, but what it means to forgive and to love. The Pharisee doubts that Jesus is a prophet. He simply says that if he was a prophet, he would know who is touching him. But notice, I want to point out here that he is thinking these things. He does not say these things out loud. He does not lean over to someone else besides him or whispers it so it is not that he overheard a conversation. And so he is thinking this to himself. And Jesus is pointing out to him that I am a prophet because I am reading your mind. He's pointing out to him that you doubting of who I am, but I'm going to show you who I am. But also, Jesus does this without embarrassing him by letting be disclosed what he is thinking. So Jesus shows him a problem by reading his mind and gives us this parable. The Pharisee invites Jesus to a banquet at his house and a simple woman uses this and uses this opportunity. And so here is this what he speaks to Simon in this parable, verses 40 to 42. Now, Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher. Simon replied. Then Jesus told him the story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other. But neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both. Canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved them more after that? Simon is now to answer the question and give the summary of the lesson. Verse 43, Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. And so this parable serves an example of the impact of forgiveness and its power of love. And so when we look at this text, Jesus speaks to Simon, the Pharisee, addressing him and the sinful woman, and kind of indirectly comparing the two. Simon answered the question correctly. And so what is the lesson? The lesson is that who has been forgiven much loves much. It also shows us that to say thank you and forgiveness is to show love. Love is an action of gratitude. There is no word for thank you in the Hebrew and Aramaic word. Therefore, love is the action way of giving the word of thank you and gratitude. And that's why in Psalm 116, one, it says, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. As the old hymn says, I love the Lord for he heard my cry. And so we understand that the way to show gratitude to our God that does amazing things in our lives is to show love. How much more is it a better example to show love in our community interacting with one another instead of showing contempt, instead of showing hatred, instead of showing so much animosity, but simply saying, how can I show gratitude to my God by loving one another? Make room for love. A lot of people are unable to love because they have so much pain and hurt inside of them that they have not released. So they have no room for love. Hurting people hurt people. We need to remove this hurt and this pain and this debt by forgiving. And so two things have to be done for this forgiveness. first one is figure out who do you owe. Or should I say, who had you wronged? You need to first address your own pain and, and your own suffering about maybe you might have injured or hurt someone and you might look for repentance and, and might realize I must get it right. I must confess. I must truly point out that I have been wrong and seek to reconcile and seek to make what was wrong to be made right. I have to also forgive myself for what I've done. And here's the beautiful thing about forgiving yourself. It should be, it should be easy for you, but I know it's hard because we are so hard on ourselves and judging ourselves and condemning ourselves. But the reason why it should be easy because you should remind yourself that there is a God and he has already forgiven you. So since you have already been forgiven, you should be able to walk in that That blessedness of forgiveness to walk in that truth and say, if God has forgiven me, I, too, must forgive myself. I, too, must set myself free from the shame, this guilt and be able to hold up my head and look to the one who's called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. So I got to look about who do I owe? And then secondly, like who owes you? who has wronged you and you're still holding on to this pain and holding on to this hurt and wanting them to pay you back but yet you need to come to the reality that they can never pay back what you've lost so you have to forgive them you have to let it go you have to let go of this debt you have to let go of this pain in order for you to make room for love holding on to this is only going to Make it harder for you to move on. And here's the thing I want to grab you, that the Bible teaches us to forgive is to let go. The world teaches us that forgiveness means to forget. And I want to help you out something. You don't forget your brain doesn't work that way. Your brain holds on to everything that's done and learns from that. And so that's why you have to remind yourself that you have forgiven this person. You have to remind yourself that I'm going to show love as God has called me to do. You got to remind yourself that you, too, have done wrong and you, too, have been forgiven. So as you remind yourself that you have been forgiven, you ought to remind yourself that you have forgiven others and remind yourself that God loves you and he's called you to be a great example for others. This is a challenge in this world because this world does not believe in forgiveness. This world does not believe in It likes to hold people under under the thumb and hold them down, and point out to them everything they've done wrong, and not allow them to move forward. We're good at pointing at negativity, but God is pointing out that I'm looking past the wrongs, I'm looking past the pain, I'm looking past this, and I see greatness. I see what I'm calling you to do. And so when He looks at this parable, right, He's showing there's two. One owes five hundred pieces. Right owes a great debt and then one owes 50. And so which one right will be more appreciative of the debt? The one that had the greater debt and how true it is that when we understand the debt, the, the the depth of our debt and how how much we truly owe and how we could never pay it back. And to know that our God. Has forgiven us. He has led us. Go, he has set us free. And to think about how we, too, have that same opportunity to show love to other people, that they might understand what it means to forgive, what it means to be released of debt and pain, and so they can walk with their head up. So this woman is able to go out knowing that others are talking about her, knowing of her past, uh, knowing of her sins. And the life that she has lived up to this moment and up to this time. But because of hope, possibly of the message she might have heard of Jesus speaking about repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Or maybe she might have heard the message of John the Baptist and and heard the call of being baptized and and the forgiveness of sins. So the message might have resonated and hidden into her heart that Jesus is in this vicinity that she wants to come and see her. So he asked the man, he asked Simon, uh, which one, right? Which one? The prophet will love him more. Which one? Well, the one that had the greater debt. And so Jesus then, verse 44 says, Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet. But she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with a rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love, but a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Jesus recognizes her loving action. And Jesus welcomes her in his presence. It can be that the woman heard this message of repentance and was drawn to the presence of Jesus. She comes with her guilt and her shame, and yet Jesus still welcomes her. Her reputation precedes her, but the love of Christ called her. She is emboldened because she understands the power of forgiveness. The woman comes to show her love and appreciation by bringing her expensive perfume to anoint Jesus' feet. She is overwhelmed with emotion with leisures to weep and her position has her tears to fall on his feet and she humbly wipes them with her hair. She cannot repay Jesus, but so she shows her love to the Lord. Her sins were many and her love is great towards Jesus. She shows her appreciation and her loving action towards him. Jesus forgives her and blesses her. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. When they question who Jesus is, the same question as Simon had, that he must not be a prophet, for he does not know who's touching him. He shows him he is a prophet by reading his mind. Secondly, he shows him he's more than a prophet by able to forgive sins. Because they rightly ask, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? Because he's more than a man. He's the son of God. He is not only a prophet, but He is our priest, He is our King, He is the Messiah. and So we worship Him because we love Him and we love Him because He forgives us and the more He forgives us should be the more that we love Him. The more that we love Him should be the more that we worship Him, the more that we serve Him. And so here it is again that we're running on empty because of pain and hurt, hardships in our hearts. We need to release this pain, release this hurt, And say, Lord, have thine own way. And when we allow Jesus to come in our hearts, it will open us up to be more loving more patient, more kind, more caring. It'll help us to have empathy and help understand what other people might be coming from and maybe maybe help us to better communicate to them and understand where they're coming from so that we can be on a common ground and a common plane and work together in unity to have healing in our community. No longer fighting over things that don't matter, but working together because realizing that we have a common common goal and that is for us all to do well. And when we look at this, we understand this power of this love. That If I love my neighbor then I'm concerned about their well-being as I hope they are concerned about my well-being. But also we have to be as Christians setting the example of what forgiveness looks like. Forgiveness is free. We need to freely forgive those who hurt us. We need to learn to continue to forgive ourselves. And we need to walk this power of forgiveness. And so that's why Psalm 106 says, I love the Lord. Well, sorry, Psalm 116 says, I love the Lord if he heard my cry. And then Psalm 106 says, praise the Lord and give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. And I want to highlight this again. To give thanks is to praise him. When we read that word, give thanks to God is to praise him. And so I can thank my God by praising him. I praise him because of who he is and he is a loving God. His love endures forever. And so I want to encourage us today that one, I want you to understand that forgiveness is a gift and you can freely give it. Two, when you receive a gift, you should say thank you. You ought to show love. And three, we ought to worship and praise our God and thank our God by worshiping him in love. demonstrating this love to our others by forgiving and loving one another. So let us pray and look to show God our gratitude. Uh, Father, Lord, we thank you for how you love us and how you care for us. Father, help us to deal with some of the pain and the hardship we're dealing with and that we can address them, uh, that we can let go of them, that we can cast them in your care. We can let go of God and just truly let you have your way. Help us, O oh, Father, Lord, to know what it means to be forgiven and show that same power of love to others. And we thank you, God, that you have died on the cross for our sins. And you have redeemed us and called us your own. And so may we walk in your grace and your mercy. And may we demonstrate that to, uh, to others, Lord. As you forgive us, may we forgive them. And may we show love. As as you have shown love to us, and may we show our love and gratitude and appreciation of your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' great name, Lord, we pray. Amen. If you have your communion with you, uh, go ahead and ask you to get your cup. And the Bible talks about when Jesus, on the night of his betrayal, he gathered with his disciples and he gathered everything. uh, And he looked forward to this time with them. And the Bible records us that he took of the bread and he broke it. And so he, he took of the bread and he broke it and he blessed it. Our Father the Lord bless this bread represents the body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he gave unto him and they ate. Likewise, he took of the cup and the cup represented his blood. He took the cup and he blessed it, said, this is my blood. He poured off the missus of sins and they drink all of it. So let us prepare to God, let us pray. Our Father, Lord bless this bread and bless this cup. As we do so, we're members of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and we do so till it's coming again. May we humbly, almighty God, eat together. Let us take of the bread. Let us humbly now drink together. Let us now give thanks. Bless your God, for you are God alone. Thank you for the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. in Jesus great name Lord, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for worship. Thank you for joining us in the breaking of bread together, and bless you and keep you until we meet again. Jesus loves you, and so do I.